Welcome to the UK Flooring Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Roomvo. Roomvo is the number one room visualization tool for manufacturers, retailers, and everyone in between. Now sit back, enjoy the show, and do not forget to hit the subscribe button. Welcome, Dean, to the UK Flooring Podcast. Putting flooring to one side and everything like that first. Who's Dean Dickinson for the uninitiated? Um, Dean Dickinson is just a an out-and-out LVT floor layer um, that started off fitting flooring when he was 17. Um, as a lad, as most of us all started. Um, and basically just been fitting especially in the LBT sector, um, for John Lewis for, for quite a while. Um, and then, yeah, just decided in 2020 to go on my own with uh, with my wife and set up our own business. So, yeah, there ain't much to do between that. It was just basically learning the trade, some of it the wrong way, but, yeah, that's why i done the training later on once I'd done my own business, so... Yeah, there isn't much else really to know about it. <laughs> How many years in total have you been on your on your knees? Uh, I think in total now, this year will probably be my twenty sixth year. So yeah, it's been quite a while now. <laughs> full, full career in it, loving. So you mentioned there, um, you set up Master Flooring with your wife. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Um. I know a little bit about it because um, there's some correlation between what you've done and what I've done. So I'm quite interested yeah. to see. Uh, um, yeah, tell tell me about why you took the jump and how that looks now. Um, well, basically, we, um, my wife Lisa was uh, was working for the same company I was. She was the office manager, and I was just the fitter. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, she was just just getting fed up with uh with all the issues that were happened within a big company. Um, obviously they're constantly having issues with with fitting things, not not necessarily things that the the company could control, but just having issues with 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 fitters. So she was uh during lockdown, she was like, "I really just don't want to go back. I'm not enjoying it anymore." And uh. I've always had Marsden flooring because we moved up into Marsden Mortain probably a, two years before lockdown. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I decided that I'd, I'd set up this company thinking I could do it myself. Um, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not very good with the admin side of it. So when Lisa said I I don't want to go back, I jumped on the chance to... Uh, to get her to basically do the admin side, or if anything, just to take the phone calls uh, and liaise with the customers. But as it progressed, she's now the full-on person that everyone sees first. So she goes out with the samples, sees them, measures. And for me, honestly, it's not any different to working for any other company. I, I get my paperwork materials ordered it's ready for me and it's it's bliss for me because it's yeah it's just like working with someone else but obviously i'm working for a better boss (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, you've got to keep that right. It's uh, so yeah, tell me, it. you you uh, all um, it was you both got black vans, uh, and which, yeah, uh, I, I'm uh, I'm also a big fan of black vans. That's where the and you built a mobile showroom as well. When, yes, when... So I did indeed, and you are very much the uh, the inspiration for that. I've uh, I see your van. Um, you obviously kitted it all out for the wood side of things, and I was yeah. like. That looks impressive. I like didn't want to copy it one to one because obviously with the wood you need to keep it flat and it's a lot thicker and stuff. And I'm like, because I'm solely LVT um, and stick down at that. Um, I tried to adapt it. I actually went over to a, a good friend's showroom, uh, Bavesh. I think you yeah. know, yeah. probably know him over at CFE Direct, and we was randomly talking. Um, we was picking up some cars from him. And uh, I see, actually, I think it's a, a laminate stand that just had them on a slope. So you right. could just about see the colours, but you could get quite a lot in a small space. And that was what I was like, okay, if we're going to be going out to customers' houses and they and we get them out to the van, I want them to be able to see each and every colour without having to pull them out. So that was probably the only adaption I'd done to your idea, was just to tilt them and... The, the customers love it, I must admit. So I uh, I thank you for that inspiration. But it's, uh, I, did, I didn't even know it was our inspiration. I just knew you had a fan. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I yeah, I've always thought, uh, try, try and step it up. Yes, in essence, we are the man in the van or the woman in the van. Yeah. Um, but we just wanted it to look a little bit more professional than just the few samples thrown in the back of the van and me turning up all grumpy at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? As it is, you oh, okay, let's measure this floor and do you know what I mean? And what do you want? And whereas Lisa's much more professional approach to it. And uh, yeah, it simply wouldn't be as good as it is now without her involvement in it. No, I completely agree. And I think the, you know, I've had retail shops, I've, I've, we've had a van, we, well, no, we've had three vans now, in fact, um, and we have a smaller one um, still. But I think you can create let's say, as much income or possibly more than if you had a shop because you, you're not, you're the only overhead you've got ever is a van. But at least yeah. you still need a van to go and measure the jobs up or a car at least. And then, yeah. and quite a lot of the time you go to a shop, you choose something and you still got to either give them the sample to take away and go and pick it back up or, yeah. Yeah, or, or take the sample out. So if you can eradicate the overhead of the shop and that's, it's a, it was a game changer for us. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. And um, obviously, we tried to then. Uh, yeah, I, I picked the, the black and gold originally. And uh, yeah, it's, it's worked well for us. And annoyingly, I had a silver van, which meant I had to wrap it completely in black, <laughs> in that black. And uh, yeah, that was obviously initial layouts and stuff. But people then notice it. And they, they have a few times, Lisa does ask like uh, how have you found out about us and most of the time it's like social media or stuff like that but then a lot of the times they're like i just spotted your van in the car park and it yeah. was like do you know what i mean and it's that that's the sort of advertising you can't really get of a shop really it's uh you 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 are prominent in a shop and i don't want to put any of those out of business because they they do have overheads and everything and fitters to to pay so i'm not trying to put them out of business and tell everyone to go out and get a mobile showroom. But for us, at that particular time, 
because retail would shut down, yeah. I was thinking, well, now's not the time to buy a shop because people can't even come into it. So I was like, well, you're, you're driving around because originally we started off with Lisa was driving around in the car and yeah. just, just basically measuring up. And we had the, the usual books in the back of the car for like J2 and Brampton Chase and, and cars. And uh, yeah, it just to step it up that bit more, just to just to look a little bit more professional. And yeah, and the, the customers love it. They they don't like to. I think it's all changed, especially since lockdown. People don't really want to be walking around the high streets and stuff like that. And they're just to go out to look for flooring. They'd rather you turn up and basically just get the samples out of your van. You get an idea usually before you turn up what they want, whether it's laid straight, herringbone a design floor. Lisa does a lot of the questions on the phone. Um, so she knows what, what to have with her. So it's, it, it, it works very well. No, I think the other, the other thing that I, I found massively, again, I'm not adverse to having shops, big, small, medium, maybe they have their place. Um, but running a, a family business, um, work life balance where you have a shop, unless it's hybrid, um, like ours, you, you know, Lisa would have to be in the shop at nine o'clock and she'd be on her way home at, let's say, quarter past five is the tradition. But with a mobile, you know, if you, Lisa, or any wants to go out at four o'clock on a Sunday because that suits you better, you can do yeah. so. And you're not sat there waiting for someone to come and buy something from you. As I said, you're yeah. asking really good questions at the beginning and then yeah. you're taking out what they want because you've already asked great questions. So you're not getting that sometimes with the shop, people just walk in. You've got to start the questions and find what they're looking for. But you find out what they want first, then sending a vehicle out with exactly what they've asked for um, in your yeah. own time. So that the work by balance is like unbelievable. So you get a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, obviously, we we have space for sort of 44 boards on the van. So we are quite limited in space as opposed to a shop with several several stands. But the good thing is, we I, I personally make up the boards myself and like fit them all, and then from all the manufacturers that we use, we then stack them up in our storage unit. And then, as I say, if Lisa, if they say, "Well, I want forty-five degrees on on uh, with a with a border," but they want big plank, then Lisa will pick up all the big planks and swap them over every now and again, just to. Give them a bit more choice, really, because yeah, we we are a little bit limited on on things, and that's where a showroom will sort of uh, will will we'll take the business on the choice side of things. Because sometimes there isn't always something that they want on the van, but the convenience side of it definitely pays off as well, because they're the, 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 quite a few times, um, like Lisa would get a call, and they they'd be like, oh. Can you come round? I, I finished work at half five. Can you come round about six o'clock? And because we're in the mobile show and we have those samples with us, we can go and do that. Whereas at most times a shop will close by half five and they're required to take time off their own job to go and view samples or whatever. Or you've got to go in on a Saturday, then you've got to pay someone. And Lisa doesn't, like me or Lisa, don't want to be working the weekends. It's the only time we get to ourselves. So, it, yeah, it, it it certainly works well. It, it becomes a choice rather than necessity. I think that's what I found. It's, uh, I remember when we shut our shop, um, 
And I'm sat there in bed on a Saturday morning thinking, what 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 what, what happens now? You know, I've, I've never seen a Saturday. I've never literally sort of th- I felt panicked because I thought, you know, I was I had to be somewhere, but for multiple months I was like, oh, yeah, I've just done six days for, you know, maybe 15 years, something like that. I was just yeah. normal. But then, you know, go out when you want to go out on the van. Anyway, um, so talk to me a little bit about floor, LBT floor fitter of the year. Obviously, you entered yes. last year, as far as I know, and then you won this year. Yeah, so uh, so basically I had, I had uh, the first one, which was in 2021. Right, okay. I got through to the finals on that. I had a great experience, gave it my all. And um, obviously the winner in that was Matt Bowles and he did an amazing job. And um, yeah, after that, I was like, I can't do any more. <laughs> I, I like my my level of work. I said to said to myself, I just can't really physically do any more. So I won't I, I won't bother entering the next one. I'm, I'm like I'm where I need to be with that. Um, and it was only with this one, um, I went to. John Wright, he had a, his, his open day and just went round there. And obviously he was a, a carpet fitter of the year. Um, I think it was 2018. Um, and he said that he won on his second entry. So he's like, he was then just, just goading me along saying, oh, why don't you just enter it? Go on, give it another go. And quite honestly, at that b- before that point, I was dead set on, on not doing it um, just for my own sort of, mental stability but um but something something got in my head then and was like niggling at me and yeah i I had to go with the questions that night um unbeknown to lisa because she's looking at me saying what are you doing and uh i had a little cheeky grin on my face and she goes you're entering again isn't you and i was like well yeah i gotta try it's uh even if i don't get through to the finals and stuff she goes you just you you adding pressure to yourself but it's up to you you go for it and um, yeah, thankfully got through, um, got to the semi-finals, which was a, a bit of a, oh, okay, yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah, here, here comes the pressure. And uh, yeah, got through for the semi-finals. Um, thankfully had a really, really good bay in that. Got through to the, the finals. And yeah, looking at the lineup, I was like, wow, this, this is going to be a very, very tough year. And uh then we obviously see the bays. We got a, a YouTube link to that, and we, we we see the bays, and it was far far more difficult than the first one. There was extra things thrown in there. The shape that we had to go around was far more intricate. Um, we got curves to contend with, like big curves, and they they sort of threw in a. a not though curve balls, but they they gave a lot of um, a lot of freedom to the fitter to what they want, what you could do. So like with the the border, how you're gonna go around this curve, um, and then that that to me is probably my weak point is actually the the freedom of it. I'm very much working for like through through a company for John Lewis, we was doing Antico floors, design floors that had CAD drawings. Yeah. And the customer had agreed to all those. And we my job was basically making that CAD drawing on the floor. 
And so a lot of my artistic interpretation was pulled out of the job. It was like, just put that on the floor. And, uh, yeah, so I, so when, so when in a competition with the pressure already, and it tells you to decide what you want to do, I'm like, I'd sort of went back in myself a bit and was like, mm, I, I really, I, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with that. I'd rather you tell me where you want it. Do you want it three inches away from the wall? Four inches. Yeah. Which way do you want the strips? Do you want them black, white, black, or and it's and where do you want it to start and finish? And it's like these are the the sort of conversations I would have with a customer at the time on a job of my own. Now, obviously, we don't have the CAD drawings and that, but but most of the time. Even Lisa would have this conversation to say, oh, yeah, they want it so far away from the wall. They like this one. They generally look at our our, our social medias and stuff like that, and they say, I really like that one. And uh, so I know what I'm doing. And in the competition, it, it, it added a lot, lot more pressure onto me when, it, when I'm given sort of freedom to do what I want, I then start questioning my decisions. And it, I think every every one of us done that. There, there, were, there was decisions that you could look over and it was like, it's, it's no longer about the, the ability that you've got. It's more the decisions that you're making. Are they the right decisions? Are they going to win you a competition? It's... And uh, but yeah, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed the competition. That the the rest of the guys are great guys, and uh, yeah, I was delighted to win. Absolutely delighted, and thankful for everyone involved in it. That was a uh, but yeah, it was it was a very good competition. Very, yeah, very very nerve wracking, but I would thoroughly, uh, thoroughly uh, recommend anyone else giving it a go. It, it's not about showing off or anything like that, or thinking you're the best fitter out there, you're just, if anything, you're showing yourself how good of a fitter you can be. I think that's actually a really, really, really good point about sort of um, pushing you, yourself to a certain limit to get different yeah. results. Um, you know, we do personal development classes and things like that for the flowing industry, outside the flowing industry, but what that does is pushes you to limits that you wouldn't normally get to on a day-to-day life chins open doors so you can progress a bit further and by the sound yeah. of that you know it's by the sounds of even the fit of the year it could be sort of 65 percent mindset the rest could be skill set in one way you know obviously you've got to be skilled but there's a lot of yeah. people that would possibly crack under the pressure um and then start making silly mistakes where if they'd been out on site with a radio on and a big and buddy they would be you know in a very calm and collected way yeah um, yeah well, that was it. It's um, like with my particular bay, I wasn't happy with my freestyle corner. You know, I'd, I'd left it 15 minutes before we was finished and I started cutting up my floor for a corner. I felt, for some reason, I felt I needed to do it um, and tried to do it. And the stripping that we were given really doesn't like bending around the big bend that we had to do, let alone the... 15 centimeter one I gave myself to to bend it round so I was having a an absolute nightmare with that and honestly thought I blew winning the competition from that because yeah I was I would I was sweating it was it was horrible and I thought why am I putting myself under this added pressure um 
but but thankfully the rest of my brain was on point and I was hundred percent happy with it. But it just it it put a bruise on my otherwise perfect bay was the fact that I I I mean for for most people they probably it would be fine, but in my perfect mind it was it was wrong. It was I mean I was like ah I'm getting frustrated by it and. Um, and it's, yeah, for, for a normal floor, it would have been fine. And given 10 minutes more, it would have been perfect in my head because I would have had it, but they told me down tools and so literally have to put your, your tools down. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was just, yeah, it was that part of it that I didn't like it was because then you add the pressure to yourself to, to do everything you, you've been told that you can do. Obviously, the corner was optional, so that was always my uh, my saving grace. As such, is that we was told obviously that would just add points to your bay. You wouldn't be like deducted if you didn't do it or anything like that. So, so yeah, it was uh, thankfully for me that the rest of my bay was on point, and I I was completely happy with everything else I done. So, Brilliant. but that's just just my own pressure, really. <laughs> and now you've had a week. Of thought and everything, and this was a really difficult question I asked uh, Dan Dan from last year. But what what's next? Now you've got that. Is there something that's niggling you that you know? Is there a next? Or are you quite happy where you are? Well, basically, obviously, yeah. It's what you'd say the pinnacle of LVT thing and stuff like that. I'm currently training up my nephew uh, Kai, who's who's a uh, who's who's really really getting into it and the design side of it. Um, but obviously it's just all mainly just massively amounts of herringbone at the moment. So he's getting really good at cutting in herringbone, but throw him in there with a broken bonds laid straight and he sort of panics a bit. So for me, it's training him up to get him ready to get out on the tools. And uh, hopefully I think, we're to, well, we're, we're, we're thinking of, having a small showroom of some description because my my little niggle with, with the tray is so many manufacturers, from what I found, don't want to support you with a mobile showroom. They see you as a man in the van and you need to buy a stand and um, all that sort of stuff. And it's like, well, I don't have the place to put the stand. And they're like, and they, they almost point blank say, well, we can't help you. You can't buy this stuff. Buy it through a retailer. And we're like, oh, well, they feel a bit sort of not shady or anything, but just like, what if there's a problem with the material? I'd rather deal with the manufacturer than to go through a shop who's just going to shrug their shoulders or something like that. So, yeah, I think, I think really the next good. step would be would be going, probably get a little showroom of some description, maybe. Um, but I am, I've had my, my head turned by by resin i do like that side of it i think that will sort of bring out my artistic freedom that has sort of been recessed for so long that I'd, and it would give me a, a renewed interest in flooring um because i love the lvt um i'm not i'm not interested really in doing carpet or anything like that no. um i've done it before um i used to be like the contracts fitter at the last company. So if there was something to do, be it carpet, tiles, laminate, click, 
LVT, whatever, I would do it. Um, but LVT was my draw because, yeah, I, I I find that it was a bit more bit more rewarding when you stood up and you see a nice design floor and uh, you've made it look really good or you've cut, done all your cuts nice to the wall on a herringbone to the wall. And, yeah, it just gave me a little bit more rewarding for me. I've got nothing against the other floorings, but they never really piqued my interest as much as LVT. So, whereas the resin... That looks looks really interesting, to be honest. I I like the look of it. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that would it's a whole different skill set in my eyes, and that's what I like the idea of is learning something new, something completely different. <laughs> so either that, or I go work at the till at, uh, uh, at Sainsbury's or something. <laughs> but that's it. As um, as uh, the we're running an introductory to to resin course and when we were discussing that the fundamentals of like all flooring jobs is getting the subfloor right so obviously for lbt you've got to get it right for your wood you've got to get it right and then you've got to add the artistic side so anyone coming into the resin world you're already sort of again probably 60 to 70 percent there if you prep right then you just need to pick up a new skill set and creativity of where to drop your like Really, where to pour the bucket out? Really, that's yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, the, the, that that's that's the the side of it. Obviously, I I pride myself on all of our prep, and we we tried to get it obviously uh, to be up to to British standards. You got to get it to SR one levels anyway, which is 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 perfectly good enough for for resin. Um, but yeah, it's it's more it's more what comes after the prep that is probably drawing me towards it. It's like, well, what do you do? Just start with base coach. Da, da, da. But yeah, the, the fact you've got a, a course running, that definitely uh, has piqued my interest. Though so we'll have to get over to you guys. And uh, yeah, and Lisa's already been on one of your courses already. The I think the management course is it or? It's not freedom. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there was two two points I want to make. We'll come up, we'll, we'll do that now. Obviously, yeah. you've been on the tools 20, well, nearly 30 years, but you're 20 plus years. And then you mentioned, to get to that higher level, as at least has been on one of our classes, really. But then, obviously, you've also been on other training classes. You haven't just come yeah. in like, well, I've been. It's just for the listeners that have been doing it, like let's say twenty years. Well, what's someone going to be able to teach me? We get that all the time with the business yeah. classes. But I would imagine you, Paddy and Luke and uh, Floor Skills, all get the same same thing. But what have you found? Just taking. Again, it doesn't have to be a certain individual, but just what uh, what did it help you progress even after twenty years with a knife in your hand? Yeah, well, it's basically we we, we when the other the previous company we'd get trained up by the fitter that was there, so you basically learn his skills but also his traits. And not long before before I decided to set up my own company, I'd done just the free. Uh, well, it wasn't free. It was uh, the Amtico, like, level one training. Just went out and done their one, um, simply because that was what I was doing day in, day out. And I wanted to know what what should be expected and what I, basically, to make sure I was fitting correctly. Do you know what I mean? I didn't want to rip off any customers and do it wrong or anything like that. So I'd done that. Um and that really opened my eyes to training in general. Because up to that point, we'd really done very little training. And I was like, 
but the help you get, the questions you get answered, if you have any, um, would not normally get answered. You'd you'd have to Google them or anything like that. But so once I went out on the road, I was like, okay, we're setting up this company. I want my customers to have the best possible floor that they can have. Um, and to do that, I need to basically teach myself what I should be doing up to up to British standards. Like right up until I started, I didn't even know what the British standard number was. Yeah. I went to my my first I think my first proper training that I went on after setting up was a taster course or like a, a tester for fitters advanced course. And uh Shane and Scott were doing that and they were just sort of trying to set up this course. They gave it to us half price. So I was like, oh, half price, win win. Mm-hmm. Um so I went on that, uh, went on there with uh with Brett Warren, which who also worked at the company I did for so long since the lad. And um yeah, went on that. They taught us about the British standards and stuff like that and what you should be expected to do. And we we're like, we learned so much from it and my mind was blown from it. And so I was like, right, I've got I've got I've got the bug now. I, I need to need to know that everything I'm doing is at the apps the optimal and is the best I can do. So I then started looking into um I went over to Paddy's um done his lvt course um he was impressed with me also and asked me to come in and help him train on a couple that he had a lot of interest in um so i went over there it was really great teaching um learned so much about myself and um just how i can train other people but also then went on um like i've done the master fitter assessment of floor skills yeah. After doing their motif course, I was really impressed with that, the artistic side coming out again. Um, but yeah, I would thoroughly, thoroughly recommend anyone to go on on the courses. If you're just a bit on the fence or will I learn anything, if you go there and you learn one or two things, you've come out of there a better fitter. Perhaps. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, you've you got to weigh up the value. If, you, if you're really struggling to pay for them, then yeah, you you all I would recommend is do your research on what the courses provide. Um, for new or even seasoned fitters, Paddy's uh, um, LVT course is probably, I would say my my go to for someone wanting to learn about pretty much everything. Whereas the floor skills and the fitter ones, you will learn a lot, but they're like they they do in like a level one, a level two, and then an advanced. So they go into it a lot more in depth. Whereas Paddy will will basically level up your skitting your your fitting skills. Yeah, and he will he will do me a good job. So I've got all the, the admiration for him. I'm not trying to get like favoritism or anything like that. But yeah, I would definitely recommend that. But any of them, any any of the, the training. I would well, I would thoroughly recommend it. It's made me the fitter I am today yeah. by by learning these skills and reassuring myself that actually I'm doing the, the best job I can. I love that. Love that. Uh, go on to the the second point, which is interesting, which is kind of I see it all the time. We we do retail consultancy, big shops, small shops, looking at different things. And again, I won't mention any names, but there's certain manufacturers that want to have their brand 
you have to have their stand and you have to spend this on a stand to get Y. So there's a lot of like forcing you into a corner. And it was interesting you saying that one of the reasons you're going to have to get some form of bricks and mortar um, different to what you've got now is to get accounts with people. And obviously yeah. people with shops also like to get people, get their, their manufacturers. Uh, well, it's like the set in the dark age. It's been like that for years. But there's a lot of people coming on to the other side. They don't want you to debrand it. They don't want you to display in a different way. But is that pretty much the main reason you're having to go to get the showroom and the bricks and mortar? Or what's your take from kind um, of in a van to, to having to do that to jump through the hoops when it's your business? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's just, obviously, I would say that I'm doing very well in the, the LVT side of things anyway, and the business is doing really well, and Lisa's like, do we really need it? But to get certain products, because some people have their eye on on, on a certain manufacturer, you do have to sort of beg to their to their demands, really. And I think it's, it, is, it is archaic, really, as a manufacturer to say, you, you, we'll only sell to you if you have a stand. And I, I'm wholeheartedly the, the, the shops out there, they, they pay for it. Yes, they should get the cheapest rates because they've invested a lot of money in stands to be able to get this product. But what, what annoys me is I just, there's a lot of manufacturers out there I just can't get without going through a, a retailer. It's like if you just, uh, like my my my, my favourite one at the moment is is J two because yeah. they have tiers. If you have a stand, you get it at a cheaper rate than the guys with just the swatch book. And if you are just a fitter ringing up, you'll get it at a higher rate than everyone else. And that's how I want it to be. It's I I generally the the the, the cost of things doesn't really bother me that much. I'd rather go for quality. I'd rather um, at the end of the day, in I know it sounds bad, but you pass those costs on to the customer. That's yeah. so if you can get it a few pounds cheaper, then yes, pass that savings on to the customer or take the profit. That that's that's down to the individual company or fitter. Um, but I'd rather do the best job I can. But it's just being able to get hold of those materials that frustrates me, and yeah. and the lack of support really it's like right i'm trying to unless i go all in and get a shot and have x amount of stands um you're not willing to then even entertain me and it's like so i'm here i'm yeah lvt fit of the year 2023 and you're still telling me i have to have a bricks and mortar store you don't want to work with me it's like why why? Do you know what I mean? Surely that's a good promotion. And there's so many good fitters out there yeah. that just either don't have the skills or like the admin side of it. They're, they're sort of scared by getting a bricks and mortar store. They're like, oh, I have to get someone to run it or something. And then I've got to put my prices up. Will I get the work? Um, and it's it, it's frustrating because I, I just want Good, good fitters. I want the good jobs out there. Do you know what I mean? I it's, and it it sort of annoys me that these fitters can't get hold of the materials. But yeah. ultimately, I can see why they just 
don't want their flooring just going down any old howl. And I suppose with the shops, they have a sort of hold over them with the stands. Um, but a lot of the time, I find it's just down to profit with the big companies. Then they're not worried about um, about how it goes down a lot of the time. They just like, if you've got a stand, yeah, we'll sell you the stuff. And yeah, it, it just, just annoys me that I can't get hold of certain products simply because I don't have a stand. Interestingly, again, I, I was speaking to the G2 guys at uh, the Harrogate Flooring Show. Yeah. And their backstory is owning retail stores. So okay. I think they still have a retail store. So I don't know the exact detail. But from there, they know the frustrations of the fitter and the retail yes. And that's why I think they've got a more flexible approach to doing business with whoever um, yeah. because they have been on both sides of the fence. They are a manufacturer and distributor, but yes. they've also, I think, possibly been the man in the van and been the shop owner. So they've got a, I'm sure lots of other manufacturers are exactly the same, like, you know, flexibility is not just about them. But again, it soon gets out for the inflexibility of the ones that aren't better too. And you've got to jump for these massive hoops, you know, 10, 15, 30,000 pound hoops. Just to like to to get a proper account where, in my eyes, if you're spending twenty grand on a stand, you could spend twenty grand on a mobile van if that's the way you want to run your van. You're not any less professional, and uh, and again, as we said previously, I think um, work life balance is also as important than you know having like to the ego of a shop. You know, so as what I mean is like they're kind of telling you how to run your life. Uh, and it's like that doesn't fit well with me in one way. So, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, that's it. You're you're restricted. You're like a lot. If you're on a high street, say a lot of your football's going to come at the weekend, and that's that's the time you should be in theory spending with your family. So you're like, okay, if I want to spend it and have that good work life balance, then I have to pay someone else to do it. And then, yeah, and then it then becomes about the money side of it, not necessarily about the floors you fit in. And it just, yeah, that, that was, that is my worrying step is if I do get this little showroom just to get to them accounts, maybe, um, is that going to affect my work? Am I then going to be more money orientated over bidding? And that, that is, that is a worry in the back of my mind is like, we have to man these things. So it's, yeah. Yeah, that is a it is a worry, and I, I I don't like I don't like the idea of me having my work life balance forward in any way because I'm enjoying it at the moment. So yeah, I don't, I'm really unsure whether I'm going to go down that route just yet. But it is an idea for me. For me, Dean, as I, I I love having shops. I you know I've got client, lots of clients for shops, and they they work very well. But from what I've seen of your brand, your van, your fitting skills. My advice, right or wrong, would be put Marston flooring on every front of every sample you've got. It doesn't matter if it's J2, cars, whatever it is, and just put yeah. your brand and you know and progress with with training. I personally wouldn't. I would feel it'd be going backwards if you had a shop now and you go mobile. I thought oh, it's going to be so much, but the time yeah. taken to go in this new sort of the technology that's coming with room visualizers and AI and things like that, there is going to be no need, maybe not in 10 years, maybe not in 20 years, but possibly 
10 years plus, let's say, you're going to need a sample and an iPad or something like that. And you could, yeah. you know, there's all this technology taking photographs of rooms and say, look, this is how it looks and turn the screen around. So to, you know, for people to come and bounce from shops to shops, you know, and people buy from people. So, you know, and it, like you said, yeah. Lisa's going out, spending the time. It's a really nice experience with someone. I don't think it would take your skill set up. And you're kind of doing what the big manufacturer want you to do is lower your margin, lower your yeah. income. I, 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 am, <laughs> I am sort of really on the fence with it because it will sort of, as you say, we will end up dropping to their level as such and yeah. and and agreeing to their terms and conditions, which is to be a standholder. But to be honest with you, they're... Because you're allowed to buy through another retailer at the set price or whatever, then, yeah, we, we can get hold of pretty much any material out there. There isn't... I don't think i found one that I, we can't get through someone else through a retailer or anything like that. So, yeah, I don't, it, it, I'm very on the fence. I was thinking that may be the next evolution of the company, but after, obviously, this, this podcast and speaking to yourself, maybe I'm now a bit in second thoughts about it. Maybe I should just support the companies that will support the theatre. Do you know what I mean? Like the, 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 the Brampton Chase, the Cars, the, the Jades too, and all the other ones are happy to to sell to to the, to the theatres because ultimately that's where I've come from. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I haven't bought a shop and then bought loads of stands or bought a business. So I've, started as a fitter, so really I should be repaying that by supporting the companies that are supporting us. Yeah. So put it put it super bluntly, if it costs you ten grand to open the shop, that's coming out of your pocket. Then yeah. let's say the burn rate of the shop, so the, the rent or the mortgage, um the staffing, the little bit more marketing, a little bit more let's say that's costing you four grand a month, bluntly. Where's that four grand coming from? <laughs> you know, you yeah, buy the that's it. Or put your prices significantly up. That's the the that's that's as brutal as I can be with it. And it's like yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I do feel for the shops because they do have to do that, and they have to yeah. In essence, they have to compete with myself and who doesn't have those overheads. And yeah, a lot of it then comes down to the price of stuff. Do you know what I mean? They they then start using. The cheapest latexes or the the smoothing compounds and stuff, or they they squeeze it down. All that glue's a little bit expensive. We need we got we we not got much work coming in this month. We need to, and it's compromises. I find that a lot of a lot of the shops. I'm not saying that they do a bad job. They don't at all. There's a lot of really good shops out there that have a lot of good uh, teams working for them. But it is an added stress that I think. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm now thinking: Is it something that me and Lisa even want? So I mean, it's going to be wait, wait, stressful wait. as it is at the moment. Though <laughs> it's an added stress, um, you know, and it can be really successful. But you know, normally you've got to have more fitters, more, 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 and then get that very fine balance. And that's probably the biggest issue we find on the podcast is finding the right people. So you need more yeah. people. It's difficult to find more people. But then that's probably what you even possibly you're referring to. You've got to have more people to fill the burn rate, and then you you might get two fitters that are like 
100%, and then you might get one that's 60% because you need more people, but people are, you know, you've got to train them and nurture them. And so, yeah. Yeah, no, it, 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 that that is 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 another issue. Obviously, if you then become get too much work, you then got to rely on other people to help you fit it. And I, I've like my my mindset is do the best job you can. And a lot of the time, I find little little niggles with other people's work. Not not in a bad way, but just sort of like I would probably do it a little bit different to that. And that would sort of start creeping into it. I'll be like, well, why, why'd you do it like that? And, and stuff like this. And I'll be questioning the fitters and they'll probably see it as me being a, a pain or just calling them out all the time. And I, that's what I, I don't want really. Yeah. Um, I just want to get a, a, a good fitter that's up to my standard. And that in my head is, is, is a, is a, a, a big shoe to fill. <laughs> it's, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, so yeah. Well, I wouldn't want to put any pressure on them either. But yeah, I'm 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 hoping that Kai, my my nephew, he, he's he's looking very very promising. His cuts are on point and his his planning and everything. And I'm letting him do more and more now on his own. Uh, and he is impressing me. He he comes along and he's. I can see he's got my mindset of if it's not perfect, change it. And then yeah. that's why I like it's not like that's good yeah. enough. I don't want that. No, no company wants that'll do. It's no, no. no it's perfect. <laughs> I love that. Brilliant. Right, we're going to come on to a few unconventional questions, as we always do in podcast style. Um, yeah. No what is your favourite product? You don't have to mention the manufacturer, or what have you got fitted at home? Um, currently at home, all throughout, I have uh, Invictus. Uh, the Maximus in Heronbone. Um, I love I, I love the stuff. It's, it's really nice to work with. So, at the moment, uh, that's probably my favourite. There, yeah. there, there is a backstory to it, but about how it's taken the shine off it, I can explain that if you want me to. Um, but, but yeah, it's um, probably probably Invictus is my my most all round one. I like the colours. I like the variants in in the colours, and our customers are, are are normally drawn towards it as well. We don't really, we never try to to sell a particular brand, but they're often drawn towards those colour ranges, and that sort of sells it for us before we've even had to give them a price. Really, it's a uh, so that that then they my go to for the LVT stick down is is the Invictus. Okay, and did you choose your colour at home, or was it left over off the job? <laughs> um, no, we when we first moved into my house now, like six seven years ago now. Um, basically, I just took what was in what was in my shed. If right. I had any leftovers or orders that cancelled or anything like that, or duplicate orders or whatever we just threw it down so i had sort of van gogh in my living room i had some uh spacer in my kitchen and it was all all a bit hickledy piggledy and stuff like that but then we decided that uh to use a company called jk heating who ground underfloor heating pipes into wow. the floor I've seen that. So yeah, we 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 got that done, and uh, obviously then it was that point that I was like, right, I'm actually going to choose the floor that I want. Yeah, 
the first time ever, any house I've ever had, it's always been whatever's the cheapest or whatever's abundant or whatever. So we've put down stuff that we'd never really wanted. But this time it was like, okay, this is the opportunity. Let's replace it. <laughs> so we've done the whole ground floor in the end. And yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased with it. Fantastic. Yeah. It's, uh, last two houses, I, I, we chose something before we got the keys. And then the minute we got the keys, changed it. Probably one of the most difficult decisions of what floor to choose for your own yeah. house. Very easy to advise other people. But uh, something you're going to live with. We, we made the right decision. So it's, uh, Yeah, um, that's it. If there is one thing um, that you could um, you could tell your former self uh, when you first set up, what what would it be? What what wish you what did you wish you'd known when you first started that you know now in the flooring industry? Um, probably to concentrate on what you're best at. I know there's a lot of fears, like as as I mentioned previously, I listened to Dan's and yourselves podcast last night. And he's very much almost the opposite fitter to me, where he does absolutely everything and he tries to be the best at everything he does. And oh, a lot of respect for him, love the guy. Whereas I am predominantly an LVT fitter. And when I started up the company, I didn't know how successful it was going to be. So I even like, had the sign writing on the van done with, wood, laminate, carpet, everything on it, because yeah. I can fit it to a reasonable standard. Um, LVT was always me to go to, but I I wish I could say to myself back then, just concentrate on the LVT, because I was taking on jobs for laminate and stuff that I wasn't keen on fitting, and I was having to turn away people for LVT because yeah. I didn't have the time, and I was losing jobs, so... That would probably be my only, my only sort of hindsight, sort of res- like response to myself. Then would be just concentrate on the LVT. It will be fine. Yeah. It will you you'll, you'll, it will take off and you'll do really well just doing that. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was scary. It was we was in the middle of lockdown and a lot of people have said to me you was very brave doing it when you did. Because it was an unknown. No one knew what the economy was doing. No one knew if it would even be any good or take off. And we, we, me and Lisa just jumped headfirst into it and just said, right, it's all, it's all or nothing, really. And thankfully, it is paying off. We're currently, yeah, we're on, we're on the Christmas rush. We're booking that in right now. So it's, it's really, really good. Um, but yeah, it's. That that would probably be my only sort of advice to myself for back then would would um, be just concentrate brilliant. on what you're good at. <laughs> brilliant bit of advice that when I first set up, um, yeah, 2003, we our business was called um, Contemporary Interiors, and we did flooring, but because we both had joinery um, expertise, we could hang a door, we could maybe fit some bits of staircases, and we put this flooring on the stairs as yeah. well, and. And it just became, and then we were like, oh, can you just build this wardrobe? Can you just do this? And it's like, well, yeah, we can't. But then it distracted us from what actually we were really good at. Um, yeah. So, yes. And then we. Well, and likewise, like in, in, in my house now, we moved in and 
my, I've, I've replaced my, the, the kitchen myself. I've done both the bathrooms myself. So I am a sort of hands-on, in, in an essence, a multi-trade, which yeah. is very much like my good mate Luke Johnson, the floor ninja. He, he, he went off into the building side of things, That's and right. now he's been drawn back into the LVT again um, and concentrating on that a little bit more. And But likewise... A few people, like I've actually, when I first started, I was getting um, phone calls to take out a bath and to turn it into a shower, like yeah. retile the walls and um, and stuff like that. And I was like, it, it's, A, it's taking me out of my comfort zone. It is different. But yeah. I found after doing that for like a week, um, I'd go back to Florida and I'd be standing there for a good 10 minutes, scratching my head about, right, well, how do I start? And I, I find it, it's probably just my old age, being 43 now, it's like my memory isn't the best at the best time. That's why I've got Elisa because she remembers everything. And, uh, yeah, it was just, I, I felt myself forgetting, well, not forgetting, but just taking a little bit longer to get back into what I know best. Because yeah. I was sidetracking it with stuff that I really didn't want to do. Do you know what I mean? But it was just, it was work. And uh, yeah. yeah, I just then had to then start telling people that, yeah, I I, I, I don't fit carpets myself. Um, but passing out numbers for guys that I know are very good at their job. And ultimately there was a, a, a fellow floor layer from our previous company that also decided at the same time to go out doing carpet thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, I always always recommend him on my jobs because um, I know he's a, a really top fitter and a top guy and I want to support him for doing the same as me. Um, so, yeah, and I, I, I find that I'm generally so busy now that I'm actually in a really, really unique and positive situation that I can basically choose my work as such so I can I can basically just not turn people down but just say well unfortunately yeah I, I don't fit laminate here's a couple of firms that I know that are really good at it try them so and it's uh, yeah the fundamental thing of just um, any business especially Florida as well is people using the word no as you said very politely and professionally but you know using the word no is probably one of the biggest Take yeah. us, me. Um, yeah, even when we used to do fit only stuff, um, we decided about ten years in that we didn't do fit only ever. So if it's not supplied by us, we don't do it. And we, you know, yeah. been offered you know huge jobs, small jobs, anything. We just need a fitter. We'll pay whatever. And it's like no, if the material is not supplied by us, we don't take the job on. I'm sorry, um, and that's just yeah. saying no. Um, and no, yes, that's it. And I'm I'm very much the same. I, I mean, we do turn down work that comes in and they've, they've got their own own material um, and very rarely we'll, we'll agree to it because a lot of the time you commit the time to it, you turn up, they've bought it from questionable sources and yeah. you get there and it's all bowed or it's horrible or it's it's been sitting in some dirty garage and it's gone all white and yeah, there's, there's generally a level of quality control when you supply yourself. Absolutely. When when you've got it, you can see that that box has been dropped on its corner and you know all those corners are going to be broken before you even get to the job. Do so you order a new one? It's there. Customers 
like got their floor and uh yeah we've we've saved face rather than turning up and like oh well i'm sorry darling because you've had your six boxes of laid straight stacked up upright against the wall for the past six weeks they're now all unusable it's it's so yeah there is i i, I wholeheartedly would now say no to any of the uh the supply only's and like you said it's really really hard for some people to say no especially if a little bit light on the work um but ultimately we've found it costs us more time than it than it saves so 100 percent um next question uh three people you would love to have a pint with dead or alive um oh that's a hard one i haven't yeah. thought about that one at all um Bro, I know this is going to sound weird, but for someone like 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 Einstein, it's a bit of a weird one. It's just like he he is he is like the pinnacle of IQ, and just to just for the experience, really, of, of speaking someone with that such IQ, I'll be like, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't be able to have much of a conversation, but yes, just like that. Um, Two more. Uh, probably right now. Um, obviously with my my Red Bull connection with the uh with the finals and my my artwork, I would probably say someone from the the Red Bull team is like say Verstappen or 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 Keiko or someone like that. Yeah. Just for the experience to 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 talk to them, they're sort of the idol type thing. Yeah. Um, and then third one. Oh wow. Wow, um, I would probably say on a more, I don't know, on a closer note, I would probably like to speak to my nan. Yeah. She's not with us anymore. Um, but yeah, she was the one, oh, I'm getting emotional now. Uh, yeah. Okay, um, we're in table. Oh, God, I can't speak at the moment. Um, but no, no. She, she was the one that... That, that pushed me. Right. I, I lived with her when I was a, a, a lad. Yeah. And, um, oh, God. sorry, sorry. Sorry. Uh, and yeah, she was, um, she was a, a great push for me to, to, to achieve what I could. If I came home and, like, I was on a percentage when I first started, so we'd yeah. get, 20% of whatever the job was worth for that yeah. week. And sometimes I'd come home with like 60 quid because we'd had a problem go wrong. We'd only get half the money. And at the time I was paying her some board and just, just for her going. Basically she would then say, don't worry about the board. Here's your lunch for tomorrow. Go out and be the best you can. I love that. Absolutely love that. But yeah. Sorry, have a... Absolutely fine, dude. Absolutely fine. No, I know. I'm very oh. much on the same page with, with my granddad. Um, set, up, set up a lot of multiple businesses and uh, you know, yeah. he would be on my list. Um, so, yeah. Love that. Um, next question. A frog. Yeah. You like you like this one, Dean. It's about flowering. Okay, that's good. <laughs> right, fucking game. <laughs> so, 
the guys from Gas Slow um, wanted to know the question. Um, we always ask, what's the question for the next guest? So, what do you know about epoxy resin? <laughs> Completely different end well, of the scale question. Yeah, that is. Um, I like. Well, what I know is obviously that, as we've discussed a minute ago, that the, the prep has to be on point. Um, I know there's a probably a lot more to it than than I know already. It's yeah. going to be one of those ones that's going to be the eye opener for me. I think with the uh, with because I'm definitely going to go down the epoxy resin route. Because I think that's that's something that will, as I say, pique my interest a bit in in flooring. Um, so, but what what oh, there's not a great deal I actually know about it. I wouldn't be able to tell you the process, and wouldn't be able to. And that again is is what is what that? I'm about. I've yeah. always been drawn to stuff that I know very little about. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to know about how things work. And I've done it since a kid. My mum will my mum will hate me for saying this because I haven't actually really admitted to her. But when I was a kid I took apart our video player because I wanted to know how it worked. <laughs> just randomly. Did, just just took it apart. And yeah, annoyingly I forgot how to put it back together. No. But yeah, so she turned up, went to put a video in it and it didn't even go in the, the drawer. Right. Um but yeah, it's so it's always been something that that piques my interest if if I don't know how it how it works. Yeah. And the process of it. Now whether I'm any good at it, yeah, time will tell. But for me it is it's the unknown. It's like I like that, I like the look of it. I I, I think they look amazing. And it's something that draws me to it. So I don't know a great deal about it. But I'm hoping with time I will find out a lot. Brilliant. And what question do you want me to ask the next podcast guest? But obviously you don't know who it is. Neither do I. Um, is it all going to be flooring related? Yeah. Not necessarily. No. I, we've had the other day. What, okay. But Sue, um, so again, we might have a manufacturer on. We might have a, a fitter on. We might have a shop. We, oh. we might. It doesn't matter. So yeah, it, so that, that makes it a bit hard. If it was flooring, I could probably give you a question, but it, it, it can be any now we've thrown everything else in. Um, it can be difficult. It can be any anything at all. Okay. All right. Um, it's probably, I don't know, a bit, bit, bit of one that I, I often find myself coming up against, which is, Personally, would you go for price or quality? Oh, right, that's right. Yeah, for 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 pretty much not just for flooring. That it is probably if they're flooring based, then yes, flooring. But would would like even with a car or a house or do you mean would you choose price or quality? And and why? I think I, I think it's yeah. really and why? Yeah, it's it's just yeah, that's it. We have this conversation all the time in the flooring aspect, business side, where people are like, I can't get this price, I can't do that price. And I'm just like constantly saying, just focus on your client experience and the level of um, that's from the fitting to when you're picking up the phone to doing your, you know, your measuring uh, or whatever. Focus on that and put the price to one side 
and the rest will look after itself. But yeah. And yeah. just keep saying it and saying, I can't get this. You can get whatever price you want as long as the value outweighs the price. You know, so that is it. That's it. And that's what I try to give to, to my customers is I try to do the best possible job I can so that that customer gets the best, best possible floor. And yep. ultimately, that does come at a price. It's I'm not good. I don't want to be the cheapest out there. There's plenty of fitters out there that will go for price. Um, I want to be the the company that's known for quality, for the way we handle jobs, the way we we sort of get ourselves out there. We don't want to be just throwing it out there. Cheapest you'll find, beat any quote. I don't want it. And likewise, I don't want other companies to do that either, really. Yeah. I want them to be the best. I want to be up against the best. Because then I find it's that the money side of it then taken out of it. It yeah. then becomes a quality issue and what, what are you offering? And that's that's why that's why I would say even with the training, is do the training so you can offer the best possible service you can and the money will become irrelevant because the customer wants that quality and you will draw in the customers that want that quality. And quite honestly, they tend to have a little bit deeper pockets because they're used to playing, paying for a quality job. So, yeah, it, it's it's a hard, hard ball to start rolling. But once you start it and you, you invest in yourselves, in your business, then, then the money will all be rewarded to you. I'm very much on that side of it. 100%. I'm, I'm completely with it. We do it all the time with, um, if someone like, you know, dare someone to put their price up 20%, yeah, that's well and good. That's fine. And do it. You might, that strategy might work, but then spending a full day, half a day with, you know, that in this case, it'd be with Lisa or, or with your team or whoever it is, and think, how can we increase? our client experience by 30, 40% from what we are now. We're good. We're really good now. But, yeah. you know, what else can we be doing? You know, are we wearing T-shirts? You know, like you are. If, what I'm saying is every little nitpicky point, again, are we trained to the right level? Does the website work? Um, you know, do we turn up on time to go and mess your jobs up or are we always late? Do we follow yeah. our quotes? You know, all these little things that. So many like professional flooring outfits are brilliant at fitting, brilliant in the shop, but then they take a week and a half to um, send the quote. And it's like, you know, and there's nothing wrong with a week and a half as long as the client knows how that's how long it's going to take. But yes, I'm, I'm as you tell me a little yeah. bit passionate about. And uh, wholeheartedly, that, that is the side of things that obviously I knew in myself I wasn't best at, which is why I needed Lisa on board because yeah. she is on point with all of that. Like, She'll do a quote and she'll be sitting here nine o'clock at night just just doing the quote. And I'm like, Lisa, you need to just switch off. But she's like, no, because if I don't do it now, there'll be things I forget or other things. And, and and she's like, and then I don't have to do it first thing in the morning. I can have a lie in. I'm like, all right, fair enough. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, it's a, it, it's a very good balance. And yeah, it, it the company wouldn't be anywhere near as good without her and I really appreciate what she does but ultimately it's a good team we're, we're, we're a good team she does all the admin she keeps me sane she keeps me um, going out there and fitting the, the best I can I've never really got an issue so it makes my life easier 
having a, and I wish that every fitter out there had their own version of it if they can't do it themselves. Well, it's, that's their, exactly, yeah, a choice. You know, it's um, if you're not good at a certain element and you don't have a lease, and let's say, well, find yeah. someone that can help you and ask for help. Just ask for help, ask for help. A lot of people won't ask for help. That's it. Yeah, if you find you're not not good at a particular side of things, like the admin or you're not, not sure how to price up jobs, then, then get on, say, your courses that you, you provide and, and you and learn those skills. Do you know what I mean? And uh, just invest in yourself and you're ultimately investing in your company and you're investing in the job that you do. So I mean, and the job and the service you provide will be then become ultimately a better experience for everyone. Absolutely. And the last and final and most difficult question. So, oh, 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 <laughs> um, but last question, and it's going to be a good one. Um, what is currently holding you back in business or in life? I always ask this one. It's a big one. That the probably the biggest thing that's probably holding me back personally is probably probably my own anxiety, my own unknowns. It's yeah. I I have lots of ideas, most of them silly, but um. It then I then start questioning myself. So I think I probably hold back myself. That yeah. that's that's I know it's a bit of a cliche, it's like, oh, it's down to me, but you get in your Yeah, I, I sometimes I need I, I need reeling back in again. I have these ideas I'm gonna like I've 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 had the idea of putting a stand or something in a garden center. Yeah. So I mean try and find some green ethical materials and just approach a garden center and just have a stand. Just yeah. just, just have my own stand and it's things like and Lisa's like logistically like we've got so much fitting in when are you going to find the time to go to a garden center and start telling them to i'm like okay yeah okay i'll reel it back in but yeah it's yeah it's my own anxieties my own ambitions that, that sort of contradict each other and uh <laughs> yeah uh, so i would i would i would say it's myself that that really holds back I'm yeah. that. and it's good just to talk talking through i've got a couple of clients that'll and they'll, they'll know of who they are if they're listening to this. Um, I'll ring me and say, I've been in the shop on my own all day. And I thought of this idea. What do you think of this? I'm like, oh, no, not again. Like, it's like, as I said, it's like a garden centre. It's, I'm going to open this around the corner. I could do this. I could do that. I'm like, right, right. Let's. We haven't done X, Y, and Z first. You know, we, we're, we're really good yep. at this. We're really good at that. We've got this plan. Now we're talking about, you know, setting up a balloon shop or something like that. It's like, like <laughs> that's you know, Oh yeah, that, that, that's it. Ideas are great. We we need ideas, but uh, sometimes we do have far fetched ones, and we do need reeling in a bit. And it's it's good that they've that that particular person has you to talk to because, and then they feel that they can talk to you because you, you you are a realistic entity that will reel them in and say, right, well, love the idea, but what about this, this, and this? And yeah. it's and then you like. Oh yeah, yeah. I ain't really thought about that. And yeah, it's 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 good to have that someone to do it. I have a Lisa just just shakes her head now, just like no, no, we don't need to do that. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's the uh, 
but yeah, I mean, it's good that you've got the people and they they're confident enough to ring you and ask you about that. That's uh, that's that's got to be heartwarming that they that they reside in you. But yeah, it's uh, also uh you sort of yeah. roll your eyes a little bit sometimes. No, <laughs> I, I love it. I, I do the same if I'm honest. But yeah, you know, sometimes you've got to. I've just learned to ring people. And it probably is a great idea, but we haven't done X, Y, and Z. No, fantastic. Um, Dean, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Really oh, thank you. Show. Thank you for having me. I've probably waffled on a lot. The editing team's got a, a good job ahead of them. <laughs> Absolutely fine. Thank, no, thank, thank you for having me. Don't forget, if you want more information about Roomvore, visit their website, getroomvore.com. That's get.roomvo.com. If you'd like to find out more information about what we do, you can visit our website at cockerellandco.co.uk. That's cockerellandco.co.uk. We also have an Instagram account, which is cockerellandco, and also we are on Facebook. Once again, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you here again soon.